Welcome back to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. We're so excited to be back with you. And this season, we are counting down to JV Connect, the first of its kind, December 12th to 14th, 2023. This is going to be an incredible, dedicated networking event, and you are going to want to be part of it. And this podcast is here to help prepare you to get the most out of this incredible event. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy. And over the next few weeks, you're going to get to hear from some of the best people in the industry about networking, as well as some solo training from me. So be sure to join us on December 12th to 14th for JV Connect. And now, let's get to the interview. Welcome once again to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I, as always, am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy. And our guest today is Amanda Abea. Amanda is an award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach who specializes in helping business owners activate their persuasion prowess so they can make more money and live a more affluent life. Her clients go from hating sales and marketing to achieving 90. Is that right? That's not typos, 90%? It's 90%, yes. Wow. 90% close rates and closing multiple five-figure deals. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more. Prior to teaching marketing and sales, Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, Santander. It's not Sant- Sant- Santander. I think. Depends on what country you're in. Okay, Santander, <laughs> you know which bank I'm talking about, the red one, and more. She's also partnered with companies like Capital One and TransUnion and financial education campaigns. So welcome to the show. Thank you for giving me a bio that gave us something to talk about already. And how are you doing today? I'm doing super well. I mean, I was like, oh, dang, I got to add to the bio, which is now, you know, I'm living in Mexico, which I found the Santander thing funny because that's literally the bank I have to go to to withdraw cash with the lowest um, fee <laughs> for American dollar to peso. So I was like, oh yeah, that bank, I used to write for them and I literally go there every week. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I work with a credit union that I've I've done some work for them. Um, not the level you have, but I've done some networking coaching for them and speaking. Uh, and like, I know most of their staff. So I figure I'll bank with the people who I know everyone from the manager up to the CEO. That seems like the, the way a networker should be doing is banking. Yeah, and actually in that first business where I was working with a lot of banks, it was mostly networking that got me those deals because none of those banks were going to go through a funnel. You know, now it's a little bit different because I have digital programs. Um, and there was a reason for that because that business model was more scalable, whereas my first business was not. But mm. in my first business, when I was doing content marketing for financial companies or I would get hired as a spokesperson for campaigns like for TransUnion, which you could find the videos on YouTube somewhere, um, then most of that was like, who do you know? networking there was a big event we would go to every year for money and media and i book myself out for a year but a lot of it was networking cult pitching good old-fashioned sales and relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. yep so so you didn't start with a network right you didn't like go to harvard and meet everyone you just know and that that puts you no in i went to like club. some tiny catholic school in southwest florida no one's ever heard of <laughs> There were 80 um, people in my graduating class. Wow. So let's start from there. How did you go from tiny school to networking your way to jobs with Wells Fargo and Discover and Credit Karma and the one I can't pronounce? Yeah. So funny story. Uh, I graduated in 2010 and couldn't find a job. So I hear a lot of the people complaining now about all the economic stuff going on in the United States. Uh, very different hearing it when you're living in another country, but I digress. Uh, but I'm hearing all those stories. I'm like, dang, this sounds like 2008, 2009, 2010, all over again. Different circumstances, but people still struggling. Um, and I I was one of those. Like, I went six months without being able to find a job. I had a literature degree. I'd gone to like this. I, I grew up Catholic, so I got basically sent to a Catholic school. Um, and it was a liberal arts degree, which I now realize gave me the foundation to do the things that I do now. But mm. back then, right, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I couldn't find a job. But what I essentially did is I Googled how to make money writing. That's literally how this all started. It started with a Google search, how to make money writing in the summer of 2010. 
And it was literally just clawing my way in like 12 hours reading everything on Google I could get my hands on. And I was just so determined to make something work that, you know, one thing led to another. I experimented for a few years, eventually really nailed down on the financial niche because I was interested in money because I sucked at it. Mm -hmm. um, and I figured, well, if I get paid to learn about it, that sounds pretty smart. So why don't I just go do that? <laughs> Um, and none of us knew at the time that the financial blogging and the financial writing niche was going to like take off. So here's something interesting. Whenever financial issues start happening in the United States, people become a lot more interested in finance. Mm. So it was just kind of a, a good timing thing that now I can see opportunity. But back then I had no idea how to do that. I just got lucky, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, it was just like one, and I started making friends on Twitter. Twitter was like the place to be if you were a financial blogger back in the day. Yep. And then, you know, we all started getting together, putting on networking events because we were all geeking out over money and blogging about it. And then that turned into a massive conference that turned into... Um, not that I put on, but that the community put on, that turned into a lot of us who had started early, literally banks were our clients. I mean, it was to the point where they would like throw parties for us once a year. And then that we would like mingle with all the financial companies. And then they needed content because people were searching for financial information. And then that's how I kind of also started learning about marketing was by doing it. And what I didn't realize was that I was doing sales, right? So I was like pitching ideas. I was meeting people at events. I was going to every event I could get my hands on, every Twitter chat. Do you remember Twitter chats? Are they even still a thing, right? Oh, Twitter chats back in the day in finance were like, you know, you would follow it. It was like a certain time you would get on Twitter and it was a certain topic and then everyone would follow the hashtag and then you would be oh, able to follow okay. the chat. Yeah, I'm dating myself right now, um, <laughs> right? So we would do like these Twitter chats and I would make sure to get on every Twitter chat I could get my hands on back in the day. And I made a lot of friends, um, many of which are still friends. I just interviewed one of them on my podcast and we've known each other for 10 years since our finance days. Um, and that's how I built my first business. It was, you know, learning content marketing from the ground up. It was sales and not knowing that I was selling and it was networking. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things I hear in that. The first is you you knew what you were trying to do. So you didn't say, oh, there's no jobs. I'll just go on Monster or Indeed again and send out some more applications. Oh, I tried that. Yeah. You know, and I did eventually get jobs because I got the typical immigrant to America story. You know, you go to school and you go get a steady job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that I could like make a whole business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously that didn't get you where you were going. But but you know, you're yeah. focused on I want to write i want to do finance and you weren't thinking about okay where can i make a million dollars or where can i it's just i want to do this thing you networked you weren't trying to sell them you weren't trying to get something from them you're just i'm into finance writing you're into finance writing let's hang out and talk about finance and writing and pretty much that's exactly what it was yeah and that's and that that's really a power form of networking because you're not you know that's where networking goes wrong people come in they're like buy my thing promote my thing buy my thing promote my thing Instead of we have this and that in common, you know, the higher levels of networking, which is often those masterminds, that's the, they're not selling to each other they're not asking each other to promote. They're sharing ideas. They're sharing experience and knowledge. And that's what you were doing. Um, and and obviously that led to a lot more and a lot more success. But but I think that's, that's a great story for anyone listening, saying, you know, well, how can I network if I'm not starting with the right the right thing? Now, now one thing you did mention was, you know, Twitter chats, which is no longer a thing. Um, so that's one of the challenges, the, the internet's shifting. So the places where the connections happen aren't the same, um, for, for someone up and coming, do you have an idea of where, where they might be able to find connections and opportunities? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say for up and coming, it's the same, right? It's social media and it's content. It's just the way in which we're using social media and content has changed dramatically since, mm -hmm. you know, I'm talking, I think seven, eight years ago. Yeah. But the concepts are still the same. Um, in fact, I would venture to say it's probably easier now in a lot of ways because we have a lot of tools now that can help us that we didn't have back then. Mm. Um, my partner and I are in the process. We're starting a second brand called Entrepreneur Expat um, because we are expats and there's been a lot of interest from my community on being an expat. 
but we're smart business people and we're like, oh, okay, well, only a small portion of our community, current community is into that. We're going to make a whole separate brand for them. That's mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Um, so we're in the process of starting the second one and we were both noting, because he's been in digital marketing as long as I have, and we were both noting like how much easier it is now in a lot of ways because you have tools that can tell you what keywords to use. Mm. There's tons of experts that you can follow on Instagram that tell you how to put together a good performing reel to get attention. None of that stuff existed back then because it was like the wild, wild west and it was a new thing and no one knew what they were doing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And as, a, as I'm thinking about it, like you were saying, you're finding these, these interest chats. I feel like some of it now is in, in the comments of different people's posts. So if you find people who are the influencers in the space, you engage in the comments and reply to people's comments in the comments. And there's no Twitter chats anymore, but there are posts with comment threads where yeah. you can connect people there, uh, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or uh, TikTok's not quite as good with 80 characters, but LinkedIn and Facebook are pretty good for those those kinds of exchanges. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree. I mean, a lot of the networking I've done, you know, during the pandemic and things like that, it was interesting. I noticed it was like all on Facebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was all in Facebook groups. It was all in the Facebook DMs. Um, even now, to a certain degree, it is Facebook. Now that I'm getting back on my content game because I just am able to breathe after this house renovation. Um <laughs> craziness going on over here yep. um but I'm, I'm able to get back into it and i'm focusing really on video so you know facebook instagram youtube and tiktok is my main focus right now while we're doing video and it's to your point now you know what used to be a twitter chat is now going on in comment sections mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's a key thing and, and of course you need to you know sort of step over the the muddy puddles of the social media um because you know there's it, it it's it's like you're if you're at a rowdy bar you know having a good conversation over here and someone having a fist, fist fight over there and someone's throwing a chair over there but if you just duck and the chair goes over yeah you know. <laughs> that's a really great way of putting it i've yeah. never heard anyone describe it that way but it's very accurate <laughs> yep um yeah something else i wanted to ask you about in the in the notes you sent ahead of time um when i asked you what's your best networking tip you said learn sales and communication skills because you talked about doing 400 calls in 2022 and 250 of them needed that advice yeah. So <laughs> one of the things that I decided to do, um, you know, after the first business, I moved into the second business and the second business, I started teaching people, you know, how I basically how I built the first one because they were asking. So I'm like, great, I'm going to start teaching marketing and and sales. And I started becoming known as teaching actual sales and communication skills. So a lot of people teach online marketing and it's great, but marketers don't know how to sell. Um, they don't know how to have that people conversation part of things, mm -hmm. which a lot of people are struggling with now because they're dealing with more challenges in the economy or maybe a more jaded marketplace or buyers in general are feeling more apprehensive because they're hearing all the world news and they're realizing, oh, snap, I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to have a conversation with another human being. So I became known for helping people with that and our clients get insane results, even just in the last group that we ran of that sales training they generated an extra six figures in sales in a few weeks okay, okay. and it was and it was from very simple things right like learning how to ask the right questions in a sales conversation mm -hmm. um so that business started blowing up like in 2021 and I kind of crashed and burned and realized that I needed to build more leverage so I had been networking and doing the one-on-one -on -one stuff for a long time and I realized that it was time to scale and kind of transition out of that um, you know, number one, to have a more sustainable business, I'd gone through a lot of like family health crisis and issues and life, you know, life is lifing. So I was like, great, I need to build in more sustainability. I'm going to have to start moving toward, you know, selling to groups or having other people promote for me or using social media more strategically instead of these one on one conversations. But there's a transition period that occurs when you're going through that. And my transition period was, I want to build a network of referral partners. I want to build a network of people who that I can rely on to promote my business to their people. And then it's going to bring business over my way. So I have these uh, advocates basically. Um, and the reason I wanted to do that is number one, you could have a bunch of people promoting you at the same time. Uh, number two, you, they can promote you over and over and over again throughout mm -hmm. time. 
Number three, I don't have to pay money in Facebook ads. Number four, those guys can turn into clients based on the conversations. So there were lots of benefits to this. Mm -hmm. The problem was I had to find them. <laughs> um, and a really funny story. Um, I was going through a challenging time. I went to dinner with a friend and um, he had mentioned, he runs like an eight figure publishing company. And he'd mentioned to me, hey, anything that you need, just shoot me a text and, and I'll help you. Networking, right? Like you meet people like that who want to help you. So I had been approached with this idea of doing like a joint venture with somebody from back from my finance days. Like, hey, if you promote this and we do this, I'll give you a cut and we can do vice versa. So I sent this friend of mine a text message, the new friend. And I was like, hey, have you heard of like referral partners or joint ventures? Like, I'm not sure how to do this. I don't know how to put this together. And he's like, oh, not only do I know how to do that, I built a $20 million company just based on referral partners. <laughs> Here's my course, right? And he just gave it to me for free. Mm -hmm. Out of like the goodness and generosity of his heart. In that course, right? He'd basically said, hey, you know, I was doing like a hundred meetings a week. Now I was like, okay. So I started cold. It's like, if you've got a $20 million company, I'm just going to go all in and see what, what this is about. Right? Yeah. Like I'm a big experimenter. Uh, I wasn't getting to 100 calls a week. Maybe I was getting to about 50 a week. Um, and I and I would find, yes, um, referral partner calls, right? Yeah. So basically getting to know them and being like, hey, I think we could make good referral partners. I had no freaking idea what I was doing, but I did know how to at least have a conversation with people. And I realized that if other people really had no idea what they were doing, because I would go into these calls. I mean, I was doing up to 10 a day and I would go into these calls and I would ask people like, hey, you know, I think we can make really great referral partners. Here's what I do in my business. You know, I think this is how we can collaborate. Tell me what you've got going on in your business. And they couldn't answer the damn question. Yep. And I was like, how do these people make money? They have no idea how to talk to people. They don't know how to talk about their businesses. They don't know how to talk about what they do. They don't know how to talk about their client results. They don't know how to talk about how they collaborate with others. They literally have no idea. Mm-hmm. So in realizing that, right, I ended up doing 400 calls, but that one of those calls led to a group of joint venture partners and that led to another group and that led to another group. I just had to go through like 200 to find them first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I got a lot of data. And what I ended up realizing, um, again, to your point, is that most people do not know how to have conversations with other human beings about what they do for a living. Mm -hmm. or what they do for work, or what makes them stand out, or how they collaborate with other people. And I was really flabbergasted, because I was like, how do you all make money? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand, like, how you make, like, you must make money by accident, because, like, I'm trying to have a conversation, and you can't. So what ended up happening was, in that process, I ended up creating, like, I started kind of figuring out my own little process, for finding referral partners and things like that. And I put that into an eight step guide, everything from finding them to how do we do this in a more leveraged way other than DMing people on LinkedIn mm -hmm. to here's how you have that conversation. Here is sentence one, here is sentence two, here is sentence three. I mean, I broke it down to that degree. And then here's what you do after the call, because that was another thing. They sucked at the follow-up after. So I ended up putting everything into a guide, which everybody listening can get for free. Um, and I started experimenting and tweaking the guide. And what I ended up, I eventually did end up finding the right people. I built a network of about a hundred referral partners, uh, has literally kept my business doubling uh, between that and the automations we've built while I've been in the process of moving to another country and renovating a house. Maybe working at 10% capacity, the business has kept going. And it's be, been because of that referral partner process and also a lot of the marketing and sales automations we spent a couple of years uh, building on the back end. But, you know, once you finally nail it, which my hope with that guide is that people avoid the painful conversations I mm -hmm. needed to have first yep. before I found my people, before I found the referral partners. Um, that's my hope is that you avoid all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that you actually get results. But once you nail it, I mean, one of our partners sent us 300 leads in a day. Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, you said you have, you have over 100 partners. And one thing when people get into the JV, the joint venture space, they often hear a lot about reciprocation. You know, you, you, mm -hmm. I'll promote you if you promote me. And um, I assume you're not promoting back 100 partners. 
Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I had no idea what I was doing. I went, number one, I used sales brain. And number two, I was like, all right, I guess 2023 is going to be the data collection year. Because mm -hmm. I, I guess because I have a sales background, I just approach everything with sales statistics, right? So I'd already done like 200 calls and most of them sucked. So I just assumed going into these groups that it was going to be the same thing. So what I ended up doing was I booked like 50 calls in two days, uh -huh. <laughs> right? Assuming half of them were going to suck. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually not what happened because once you get into the higher level, I was literally shocked within two weeks, I got booked out for like a year. Yeah. But I was not expecting that to happen. So 2023 was like definitely the experimentation year of what works and what doesn't, which mm -hmm. we've now put into that guide. Hey, this leads to a lot of leads, but maybe not enough sales. Or this leads to less leads, but more sales. Now I have that data because I've promoted so many people. Yep. And I've also and they've also promoted for me. Or I know, hey, this type of referral partnership works. This one does not. Now I have the data. Right. So going into 2024, we're just going to be more scalable about it. We're literally just making the calendar of like, all right, this works. Right. And instead of maybe doing one webinar a month for a referral partner or one a week for four different referral partners, we're going to have 15 people promoting the same event at the same time. Yeah. That and we know exactly who those people are going to be. And it just requires more planning ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know that going into 2023 because I just didn't have the data. But now going into hmm. 2024, I have the data and I can make it more sustainable and scalable over time. Okay. So so do you promote um all do you promote all your referral partners or is it they we try to yeah we or we yeah we try our best. Um and again, I just use sales brain, right? So I might overbook myself knowing that like half of them are gonna fall through because some emergency happens or somebody has to push their launch back or or something. One thing I've noticed about when people try and use referral partners is they don't have enough of them, right? So they will rearrange their whole schedule for like one partner, but then that one partner has an emergency and your business is screwed that month. Mm. Okay. That's why I wanted over a hundred because that's life. And that's what happens. Okay. It's the same way that you're in sales, right? You're not going to bank on one deal. You're going to have a hundred people in a pipeline. Yeah. But but how are you able to, I mean, there's 365 days in a year. So, mm -hmm. and you obviously need to promote your own stuff, I assume. Yeah. Um, so how are you promoting just by sheer volume? How are you? promoting them. Back. Yeah. So we've tested different ways of doing things. One of the things that we've done, for example, is like a joint webinar, right? Okay. So for example, we're promoting each other at the same time, ah. or now going into 2024, we have like a schedule we can follow. <laughs> we didn't have that mm -hmm. in 2023. Cause again, it was experimentation year in 2023. So now we have an actual schedule where we can plug people in. Or another thing that we've tested is maybe we'll mention five different referral partners in a newsletter, or we'll have them on the podcast. Like there's so many different ways that we've learned to do this. Uh, but that's after, you know, a year, 18 months of experimentation. Mm -hmm. And then okay. once we experiment, now we, we can create more of a process to make sure everybody is getting handled to the best of, of their ability. Yeah. And again, knowing that not all 100 of them are going to be able to do their launch next year because life happens. Yeah. Well, and, and I, cause I, I think what you just shared there, some people listening may be like, wait, you can, what, that's possible. Like yeah. you could promote a hundred partners in a year. Cause, cause the, the old, the old model kind of what seems like the tradition, the traditional model. I mean, nothing in the industry is more than 20 years old, but the traditional model seems to be, you know, this launch it's 18 days long. It takes up your, your list for a month and you can't possibly promote more than nine people a year because, um, because, you know, it, one of the conventional wisdoms I've heard is if you promote someone, you will lose between six and 8% of your list. They'll unsubscribe every time you promote someone. Which it did jack up my list in the first six months of the year until mm -hmm. my partner. And that's part of what we figured out until we were like, okay, there's got to be other ways that we can do this. So we yeah. found those other ways. Yeah. Right. It, and and I think that goes to your point where people people suck at networking. They also suck at creativity. Mm, yep. Yeah. Well, and, and and that's that's one thing I looked at. I'm like, I I don't want to lose a twelfth of my list because I promoted someone else. I mean, if someone yeah. says I'm leaving your list, I don't like you, eh, that's no big deal. I call that an authentic unsubscribe. I authentically don't like you, Michael. I don't want to be on your list. The inauthentic unsubscribe is, I don't want to hear about Amanda again. I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, but you see, they, uh, my because if they get on your list, they want you. If they get on my list, they want me. 
And right. so, you know, I, I, I got creative to how can I promote people and not have them fly out the door because they're tired of all these promotions. And right. Or maybe you put an event together or something. Yeah. There's so many ways that you can do this, but you know, people, people lack creativity because yeah. they're trying to follow like this one set pattern mm-hmm. of things. Um, but that's why I'm a big fan of experimentation to see what works and what doesn't. And then mm. you can make a plan from there. And also like, I know I'm going to drop the ball at some point. I don't just don't make myself feel horrible for it because that's life. Yep. Yeah, that that's huge. Yeah, we, I, I think that's that creativity and experimentation thing is is key. Because some people are like, oh, I'm going to follow them. And especially the way the economy is changing, the way the market's changing, the way technology is changing. Just because someone has an eight-figure business doesn't mean they're you can emulate them because, you know, maybe they made all their contacts on Twitter chats. And yeah. You know, so yeah, just go out in Twitter chats and uh, and replicate that. Not oh, a wait. thing anymore, right? What you can't you can't anymore? Huh? That's crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I used to meet all my uh, I used to meet everyone at Caldor. Oh, Caldor's closed. Yeah, and also to your point, one of the things that we've noticed because a part of what we teach our clients now is how to sell one to many instead of one to one. Because once yep. you nail it one to one, now we got to start talking one to many, or there's there's only so many hours in a day, and you only have so much energy. Yep. Um. So we have to start having that conversation. And one of the things that we've realized, we have sent over 100,000 emails this year between ourselves, our referral partners, and for clients. And we've noticed, right, that when it comes to the referral partner thing, uh, people tend to screw up in a few ways, right? So number one, your copy sounds like freaking everybody else. There's nothing special about this. (laughs) There's nothing that exciting. You sound like every other JV I've had. You need to go rewrite these emails. That's number one. Number two, there's no personal story. There's no personal like connection really with the people. So we've noticed that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also noticed that the systems on the back end just kind of suck and no one knows what's going on. No one's tracking anything. Um, And also just like the maintaining of the relationship, people are generally not very good at. So one of the things that I love to do, um, and this is something we're, we're taking more seriously now in 2024, is having JV partners on my podcast. And then they can promote me to their list that way and drive traffic to a podcast and I can promote them to my list that way. Right. And then they get eyeballs and things like that. And then number one, it's a little bit more evergreen. And number two, it's not as assaulting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, And and yeah, those are definitely very real, real challenges with the, with the tracking and the, I, I mean, I'm always amazed by, when I have to chase people down um, for for copy, for links, for it's amazing you know, how yeah. often you have to chase people down for copy, right? And, and then they get mad at you when you know it's like insane how like not organized people are on the back end. But that's why I created that guide because yeah. that people can get for free by listening to this because those were all the problems that I kept running into. Well, and even if you have all that, getting data. So I yeah. promote someone and did it work? I don't know. Did anyone mm-hmm. click on it? I, I've I've started using Pretty Links for all of my affiliate partners, so I can check my own data and say how many clicks did I get. But that doesn't tell me how many opt-ins or or anything else. But yeah, so often uh, we can help you dark. with that. Yeah. So one of the things we've even started suggesting to our podcast guests is like, hey, we would suggest having like a specific link just for us. Here are yep. some tools you can use, and then you can track what's working and what's not working, and mm-hmm. then you can double and triple down on what's working. So one of the things I've had to learn how to do, because I'm definitely more of a creative person, is to get more into the data and the analytics and then learning how to combine the two. Mm, yep. But it would, even if I can track the clicks, that doesn't tell me what converted. So they may click yeah. on it because I told them to, but that doesn't mean yeah. they signed up for it because that's once I got you at the, the end of this. There's there's tools for that. I got you. Oh, even better. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, so when I promote a summit or when I when I run a summit, I should say, uh, I send updates to my speakers every day for the 14 days leading up to it. And every one of them contains a link to the document with the swipe copy and their affiliate links. Cause I used to do it but like, oh, I don't want to send it every day. So I'll send it every few days. Invariably, if I sent every three days on one of the two off days, I'd be like, what, what's my affiliate link again? I sent it Monday. I sent it Saturday. I sent it Thursday, but now I send it every single day. Cause I understand when I speak on a summit, the summit's one of the things I'm doing. It's not a priority. It's not a main focus. It's one of the things I'm doing. And I understand that my speakers, they're not living for my summit. They're right. They are, I, 
I'm giving them exposure. There's certainly an equal exchange, but it is barely on their list of priorities because it's one of the things they're doing. And so I need to send them 17 emails to say, hey, 17 days of the summit, 16 days of the summit, 15 days of the summit. That's my job to keep them engaged and keep them informed. And yeah, most, when I promote people, I regularly, I'll get to a day before the thing's supposed to happen and get that email like, so how you doing? Like, how? who are you? What are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. You've already forgotten who they are. You've moved on. It's like a whole thing. And you could do the best that you can to get them on the calendar. And even still, you got to go follow up with people, right? Yeah. Because they're not. And that was one of the big issues um, I would run into with promoting other people. And again, it's why I put this guide together. <laughs> so people don't run into those problems. Yeah, yeah. you got to remember your, your partner, your people promoting you. It's not their business. It's your business. You care right. about your business every day, all the time, day and night. They care about your business when you remind them for a few minutes afterwards. Like, I'm happy to promote partners, but I got a lot of people to keep in my head. Exactly, right? There's a lot of things going on. And, and there's just with life, with business, with everything, right? So yeah, you know, it is a little complicated sometimes to keep it all organized. But, you know, if you know how to do it for sales and you know how to stay organized with leads for sales and CRMs mm -hmm. and things like that, JVs is not much different. Yep. That's if you know how to do that, of course. And that's um, that's a big if, yes. But but you, you mentioned organization and and we mentioned the the frail limitations of the human brain. Um, one thing we haven't talked much about is automation using yeah. modern technology and uh and you know, we have robots for this. So talk a little bit about how you use automation to um See, I believe in the notes you said you cut 84% of your workload by automating sales tasks. I did. So. Yes. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the robots. So um, when I hit my big burnout um, after my business started skyrocketing doing the sales training, um, you know, it, it was my business was exploding. My dad was in and out of the hospital. Like it just wasn't a sustainable model. I had not built in a lot of the systems and automations and support that I really needed. So of course, Amanda crashed and burned mm -hmm. um, after a six-figure sales month. And um what I realized, I had this idea, right? And I was like, well, what if I could just auto create an automated salesperson, right? Like, what would it look like if I just took these 15 years of sales experience where I know how to pick up the phone, where I know how to have a conversation, where I know how to talk to someone in the DMs, qualify them and get them booked on a call. I know all this stuff, like the back of my hand, because I've done so much of it. Mm -hmm. But what if I could do that, right? And somehow automate most of it. Because one of the things that I started to realize in teaching a lot of my client sales is that most people just don't do enough to get the sale, right? Mm. So they'll get an email from somebody, a bunch of automated emails, but you should be calling them. You should be texting them, right? You should be doing a lot more than just sending a generic email campaign that everybody has, right? So that's what I would do. I would send a DM, right? I would make a phone call. I would do a text, but I started running into a problem. And the problem is if you get 300 leads in a day, you're not about to bang out 300 phone calls the next day. Mm -hmm. So I started running into a capacity problem. Again, story of my life. <laughs> so I had been in this process where I was trying to figure out how to create this automated salesperson, right? Where I was like, here's all the manual stuff that I know how to do in sales that a good salesperson would so worth their salt should be doing to get a deal across the table, which most people don't in the online marketing space. But I'm going to figure out a way to automate as much of this as I can and make it sound like a person. Now, it was easier to me to, for me to make it sound like a person because I've done so many sales calls for a decade. Mm -hmm. So I want to be clear, do not skip that part of business. I see so many people skipping that. And then when they try to automate and scale, it doesn't work. You don't have enough data. I had a decade of data. Mm -hmm. to make this work. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd kind of tried to figure this out on my own. And then a year ago, I met my now partner who I'm with in Mexico through one of those 400 JV calls, right? And we started off as, you know, work colleagues, and it turned into friends, then it turned into more because, well, that's a whole other story, <laughs> right? But one of the things that I had said to him, right, was like, I'm really trying to build like this automated salesperson and nobody seems to understand what the hell I'm trying to do because online marketers don't know sales. And I come from a sales background for crying out loud. I came from finance, very traditional sales background. And he understood exactly what I was trying to do because he used to build out CRMs as a software engineer. Mm. So I was like, um, okay, well, there needs to be emails. And so it was a collaborative effort, right? Where he's like, all right, well, here are the kinds of emails that work really well. They 
on me, you know, 10xing the businesses of people with 100,000 people on an email list. Here's what works really well. Let's create that. Then I was like, okay, but we got to add in a text message or we have to add in some sort of a voicemail or something like that. And the beauty is that now in 2023, we have tools to automate all of that. So the robots are doing the work, but people think it's you. Mm. So if I get 300 leads in one day over the course of the next week, they're going to get an email campaign. They will get a text message within two hours. They will get a voicemail drop to call us back. We can now do campaigns with text messages and voicemail drops to, for example, get people um, in a conversion event. Uh, our current effortless sales engine program, which is where we teach all of these things, got filled up because of all the automations where people maybe found us on YouTube four months ago and have been going through all these automations. Then they saw us with all these JVs and then they were like, here's my credit card. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and well, like one thing you mentioned there sort of almost in passing um, is one of the things I really believe is integrity. The fact that you use the system to sell the system that you're, you're, you know, times people DM me and say, I'm going to teach you an amazing Facebook ad method. Well, if We eat amazing, our own dog food around here. Huh? That's what we call it. We call it eating our own yes. dog food yep. around here. Yeah. 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 The, the best ones is the people who DM me to tell me that they have an amazing method. So you never need to DM again. Like, yeah. can't, can't work that well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't work that well. But, you know, this current, I mean, to give you an idea of how effective this system is behind the scenes, we're about to sell this thing out. And in the last three months, I moved to another country, was traveling because we didn't know where we were going to live. Then we had to find a house. Then we find a house. Then we have to renovate the house. We've barely been able to work in the last three months. And this thing, I've barely been on social media and definitely not in a strategic way. And this thing is still about to sell out. And that's because of the JV partners, like I mentioned, who are sending traffic our way. And we plan that ahead of time. And the YouTube, so being very strategic with search engine optimization and things like that, and all the automations on the back end. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you got the, the army of robots are marching along for you. Yep. While, while and that's the thing. goal, right? Yep. Um, a lot of people talk about ease and flow in business and, you know, just being able to relax. Well, you, you that means you got to build the thing first and put the work up front and it's hard and it sucks. I mean, there were some moments where we were up until, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 hours trying to figure this thing out with all the tech issues or just me experimenting with 400 calls, right? So I did all the experimenting so our clients wouldn't have to to find what works and what doesn't, we have the data to prove that this business, we're eating our own dog food, has doubled month over month in the last quarter. And we've only been able to work at 10% capacity while we move to another country. Wow. That is a pretty good, uh, pretty good case study. Yeah. And, you know, now we're ready to start sharing that stuff on social because now is when we have the time. <laughs> yep. No, we don't have to rewire a whole house now. It's all good. We can get back to social media. Helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? I, I liked um, one thing you mentioned about talking about the copy uh, was was the personal stories that yeah a lot of copy uh, and I I, I I never know exactly how I figure on exactly what it is but it's like that the the sales story if you know what I mean it happened mm -hmm. to someone at some time but it could be anyone but it's really no one. Yeah, you know, where they say, you know, when I was younger, this challenge happened, and then I overcame the challenge with this amazing solution, and now you should come to my program. They're like, younger, like, last week, last month, last year, last century? I don't know. Uh, as opposed to when I see a story that says, last Tuesday, I was out with my dog, and like that's something I try to do on my emails, is I'll be like, here's a picture of my dog, and this thing happened with the dog. And people are like, oh my god, he's a real person with a real dog, look at that. Yeah, like, a real person with a real dog. Like literally one of our biggest irritations this year. And again, we've tested this with over, here's we go with the data and eating our own dog food, tested over 100,000 emails this year alone. And that was the common issue is everybody sounds like everybody else. And before we started recording, you'd mentioned that, um, what was it that you said? You'd mentioned that being authentic is, um, it's like the most valuable thing people can do, but it's not an easy. What was it that you said about being authentic? Yeah, well, so so in, in it was really good. Yeah, because you were talking about how marketers have ruined everything. They ruined SEO, oh, yeah. and then they ruined blogging, and they ruined and and that's why authenticity is becoming more and more powerful. Because as you have more and more tools to help you find, especially with things like TikTok, there, there's no what you can't game the TikTok algorithm because it's AI based and it keeps moving. 
So mm -hmm. it's built around, if you are authentically sharing a message, it will find your audience. Um, and so more and more people are sniffing through all the, all the BS and all the copy and all the, the, the formulas. And once they see the same formula for the third time, it's like if they went to, you know, if, if they went to one Burger King and didn't like it and they see a second Burger King, they're like, no, nah, I don't like Burger King. They, they read the same type of copy. They're like, oh, I've seen this kind of copy. I don't like that. And so, if, but if you're you, there's only one of you. They've never seen you before. And they're like, oh, this is new. This is interesting. It's interesting that you bring that up because I'm like hacking Instagram right now because this mm -hmm. is my my fun. I used to be a blogger. Now I get to do this again era. And uh, it's interesting that you say that because I was doing some research, right? I'm like, hey, what's performing well on Instagram reels? What's working? What's trending? That just studying, right? Yep. And I saw like in three different instances, right? So with three different kinds of reels, I saw the same exact thing seven or eight times from seven or eight different people. But were they performing? Allegedly, I mean, it seems that they were performing, right? Because that's something that was trending and it was really valuable content. But I would go to the caption, I'm like this caption is literally exactly like the caption I just read from this other person like five mm. minutes ago. Yeah. 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 And, and then yeah. it fails to, well, so that, that, that thing, that's part of why people do it. Like if it's working, if, if a platform rewards inauthenticity, which is, that's why I've, I've leaned towards uh TikTok over Instagram because Instagram rewards, um, you know, paying the, praying to the, the Zuckerberg God and TikTok rewards unique, uniqueness and authenticity. Yeah. I mean, so. I haven't like, so I've been on Instagram for a while, so I'm testing that one. I seem to have a rhythm going on YouTube, mm -hmm. right? And then now, you know, TikTok will be the next foray. Yeah. But to your point, like literally this week, while I'm creating the marketing calendar for the next month, I ran into that very problem <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, but I think especially with emails, um, you know, if when, when I open my, my email box, I mean, I, I end up on all kinds of people's lists because... I meet all kinds of people and I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll get on your list. Let's see what you're up to. And then I discover their list is nothing but generic, bland, sanitized marketing content. And, you know, they, they have no opinions. They have no story. I don't learn anything about them. Um, I've, I've encountered partners who you could get on the list for six months and learn nothing about them because all they did was promote partners because right. they're entirely in this reciprocity. Like other people promoted them and they promote out. So there was no value content. It was just buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. And this. again, that goes back to that lack of creativity. So mm -hmm. I'll give a little behind the scenes if you're up for it. Sure. Right? Of, what, of the conversation we had before we even got here, because of course you're going to be one of our referral partners in 2024. We already talked about that. Yep. But what did I say before we started recording? I said, hey, and this is a very simple thing people can do and they do not do, but I learned this back from my blogging media days. I was like, hey, is it okay if I record this locally on my end and I can mm -hmm. turn this into a bunch of short form videos and we'll promote it for you. I'll send you the folder. You can do whatever you want with the short form videos. Yeah. I'm promoting you to my people without necessarily, you know, burning through my email list. Yep. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing is it doesn't burn your list if you provide value. I, I yeah. promote, I promote uh, an average of seven partners a day. So there are, I send daily emails and in almost every one of them, there's at least seven links you could click on that would go to some kind of opt-in page, sales page, registration page. That's and, another way you can do it, right? Yep, and if and, that works for you, cool, because there's a lot of email marketers out here who will say, don't do that. Don't yeah. send seven links in an email. And I'm like, do you, whatever, experiment, yeah. test it, whatever well, works for you is what works for you. The crazy thing is that one offers a pitch, seven offers is a catalog. So if I have seven offers there, you know, if I come to you and I say, hey, I've got a shirt. Do you want to buy a shirt? You're like, why are you selling me a shirt? But if I put a thousand shirts in a building and I put a sign on the front of the building, you walk in and say, show me your shirts. Oh, that's, that's really smart. That's very creative. I like that. Yep, I, I learned it from Alan Finkelstein, so it's not original. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing's Ellen, original. Ellen, Everything's definitely. learned from someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but that, that's what I discovered. And, and so she teaches that method. And when I started doing it, I, I call it the resource letter. I can't remember if she calls it that or something else. But when I started doing that, um, I'd send out an email. I'm like, okay, let's try it. I'm promoting seven partners at once. And I got emails back saying, thank you for providing all this value. And I'm thinking, these are all affiliate links. 
I'm not doing anything generous here. I'm promoting seven partners, but you know, they're seeing it as this is a seven things that might interest me, seven things that might benefit me. And also it, it's because it's, it's value. If you send that generic email, that's uh, that, you know, you know, George had a problem. George doesn't exist. Of course, George had a problem and that problem was really bad, but he used our system and now he doesn't have the problem. How to make six sign figures up. your first year. Okay. Sign up for well, master class. Like there's no that's value in that. That's, yeah. That's yeah. even when I promote something directly, I'll share a story. I'll be like, you know, um, last Tuesday I was talking to Amanda and she was telling me about her program. And what I liked about it was da, 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 da. And then we talked in the podcast. Here's a link to the podcast. And now there's a masterclass coming up next week and you should check it out. So it feels but it's like because you under you understand how to people though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people like who understand right. People who understand how to people know mm -hmm. how to do this. They think of those little details in order yep. to maintain the relationship, not in a way where you're trying to take from me by no means, right? Or exploit me or anything. Cause I know yep. people are afraid of that. It's just very simple, basic things. The same way that I was like, hey, my team and I can turn this into short form videos. You can use it on your social media. Here you go, have fun, yep. right? But it's these little things that people do not think about because they do not know how to people. Yep. Yeah, and that, that was the first thing I learned, the uh, first thing. But the thing that changed everything with email was the shift from I'm emailing a market to I'm emailing a list of friends. Yes. And the fact that I built my list through networking, like most of those people I'd done one-to-ones with who, who opted in, that also affected me. Like, I don't want to burn these people. I've met them. Like, these are real yeah. people. So I thought, okay, I'm sending an email to hundreds of people I know. It's not an audience. It's a community. It's like I'm sending it out to hundreds or thousands of my friends. How am I going to talk to them? Well, I'm not going to send them generic content. I'm not going to cut and paste. I never use swipe copy because it feels it's plagiarism. If I copy your text and put my name under it, that's plagiarism. Right. Like It's inauthentic. And if it's a launch and seven other people do the same thing, now we all look like schmucks. Um, but even if it's by itself, you still like, that's not what you say. Is that what you sound like? So now they're thinking that's my writing and that's how right. I'm talking to them. And I'm like, that's not my writing. Now, what I will do is that what I call a JV guest letter, I will sometimes take, I will quote it and I'll, I'll put their headshot next to it and their copy. And I'll say, you know, let me share with you what, what Amanda's doing in her own words. And then there's four paragraphs next to your headshot. And then afterwards I'll be like, and now you see why I'm so excited about sharing this. Go check it out. So yeah, see, but that's that makes sense. That's creative. There's some sort of personal story. Most people are copying pacing. Granted, I will call myself out. I did it in the beginning of 2023, but I was also experimenting. Remember, yeah. I had no data. Yeah. Right. So well, I was the whole like, industry does it. So maybe it works. <laughs> right. I was like, I have no data. So I'm gonna test this and see what works and what doesn't. And after sending those hundred thousand emails, now we have some pretty solid data that we can teach to our clients based on us experimenting and being the guinea pig and eating our own dog food, as we like to say around <laughs> here. But um, to your point, yes, those personal stories are everything. I mean, one of the reasons we're starting a, another brand called Entrepreneur Expat is because when I started sharing that I had moved to Mexico, I haven't even shared the full on house renovation yet, but I will. Um, I will because it's a story, right? Mm -hmm. It's a story. And I can and I can turn that life story into marketing. And that's a whole other skill that requires a lot of creativity. And every I feel like everything that we've talked about in this podcast episode are just skills. And it's skills that people need to practice. It's skills that people need to invest in learning. It's skills people need to experiment with. And they just they just got to put in the reps. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we've been talking for like three and a half hours. Uh, and so feels like uh, it. <laughs> we should probably wrap up, but but in a good way. Um, we could certainly talk longer. But as we record this, it's Halloween, and my daughter wants to go trick or treating. As people listen to it, it's not Halloween, so they'll be all confused. But it's the Los Muertos here. They don't do Halloween. They do the other. Well, they kind of sort of do Halloween in Mexico, but the Los Muertos is more of a thing here. Oh, okay. Let's go yeah. to Mexico someday for it. Anyway, but. No time for that now. Um, so you said, so I, I believe that you have a link, which is definitely in the description, although I don't have it in my hands at this second, but it will be by the time someone's listening to this. And it will be a referral partner link so you can track all the data. Excellent. So what will people get if they go to that link down in the description? So you're going to get my free guide that explains the eight steps that I use to not just 
find a hundred referral partners, but also manage them on the back end, which has led to days where we get up to 300 leads in a day. And it's a big part of the reason why this business has doubled month over month, even while we've been barely able to work while we're in the middle of a house renovation. So it's the eight-step process. I did the 400 horrible calls so you don't have to and gathered all the data for you so you don't have to go through the torture that I did. That's awesome. And that's the freebie you're offering. That's the freebie I'm offering, so yes. Your program must be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I assume it's taking that to the next level and going through people, going through it with people. Yeah, actually, but. the woman who built Deepak Chopra's sales team got her hands on it. And she's like, if people followed this guide, they would never have a lead flow problem ever in their wow. business. Awesome. Well, so definitely... And I'll probably be sharing that out to my list as well, because that seems like something my community might be interested in. So yeah, you do a so, lot of JVs. They might want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that is awesome. So thank you very much. So go, so you listeners go look in the, the description down below or wherever it is on whatever platform you're watching on. And uh, if you're somehow watching this in a platform that doesn't have it, then just comment or email me and I'll make sure you get it. So thank you so much for being on the show. Any final comments? Just have fun with it. I think people just take themselves too damn seriously. And then that's where you have the lack of creativity and the lack of people. And just like have some freaking fun. It's I not that it. serious. Have fun. That is a, if it's not fun, why do it? Exactly. Well, thanks for being on. This has been fun. It definitely has. I look forward to your event uh, in December and also where this partnership goes and having you on my podcast for the part two. Ooh, I love being on podcasts. That way I get to talk a lot. Exactly. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Guy Who Knows the Guy podcast. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows the Guy, and I hope you'll join us in December from the 12th to the 14th for JV Connect. Go to guywhonowsaguy.com for more details. Now, if it's after December 2023 and you're listening to this, it's okay because we're going to be doing this event every quarter. So go to guyknowsaguy.com, see what's new, see what's happening, and of course, check the show notes to learn about our guests and how you can get in touch with them. Check out our next episode for more great training, information, and networking tips from Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com that's jv-connect.com december 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there